Welcome to the Real Paranormal Stories Podcast with your host, Christopher Buckner. Send your stories to realparanormalstoriespodcast at gmail.com. Royalty-free music provided by Kevin McLeod and Tabletop Audio. And now, let's take a trip into the paranormal. This story comes from Reddit user Patrick R's Ghost. That's Patrick R's Ghost. And this is their story. This didn't happen to me, but to my mother. Technically, it did happen to me as she was pregnant with me when it happened. When my mom was still married to my biological father, they lived in Pensacola, Florida. He was an actor at the time and his troupe performed at the Sanger Theater. My mom wasn't allowed to drive due to being very pregnant with me, so he would have to do all the driving. She would often get stir-crazy and suffer cabin fever, so she made him take her with him to dress rehearsals. My mom eventually took it upon herself to help out in the rehearsals. While the actors practiced their lines, the orchestra rehearsed their music and so on, my mom would move around the theater taking notes. She would write down any issues she encountered when sitting in different sections of the house, like if a prop or piece of set blocked the view of an actor from one angle, if one actor's mark happened to obstruct the view of another actor on their mark from another angle, or if the orchestra's performance of Heaven on Their Minds made it difficult to hear Judas singing. At the end of the rehearsal, she would pass her notes along to the director and producer, who would then pass them on to the proper people. During one particular rehearsal, my mom was sitting up in the balcony and proceeded to head back to the main level. The lights were still down, so it was pretty dark, and as she was seven or eight months pregnant, couldn't see her feet. She missed a step and nearly fell forwards when she felt something grab her right arm and pull her backwards. It had a very tight grip on her arm and began to pull at her, urging her to go ahead. She proceeded down the steps noticing the grip not releasing at all. When she got to the landing to the main level, she turned to thank whoever pulled her up, but nobody was there. There were no marks, no bruising, nothing to show her arm was grabbed. And that was their story. This story comes from Reddit user Dirty Dove Dreams. And this is their story. My fiancé and I have become party to a series of paranormal events following the death of our cat and shortly preceding the death of my fiancé's grandmother. We live in the downstairs duplex of her grandparents' home. It's May. My first encounter was the day we had to put our cat down. Right after the appointment, I lay down in bed for a while, emotionally drained. I was laying motionless on my side and heard the crinkle of my stuffed down vest and felt the pressure of paws on my shoulder. Neither of the other cats were present at the time. I clocked it as weird right away, but attributed the experience to mental fatigue of trying to make our cat comfortable in his final days. Some psychosomatic grief thing, maybe. The next day, her grandmother 
who is diagnosed with Parkinson's, officially gets placed in hospice care. We are relieved, assuming she'll be on it for years, and this is just a way to have some in-home care finally, but her lucidity deteriorated shockingly fast in a matter of weeks. She asked my fiancé how her other grandmother was doing. The one has been dead for seven years. My fiancé gently reminded her she'd passed on, which alarmed her grandmother, as apparently she'd seen her recently. She also began talking about going on a trip soon. Both of these things are actually commonplace things people who are going to die soon say. I didn't think anything supernatural about it, though after what comes later, I'm beginning to wonder if this fits the timeline of somewhat interconnected events. The next encounter I had, I actually saw something. It is my personal, oh shit, there's something to this ghost stuff, moment. It's June now. My fiancé was coming home from work, and as she was walking through the front door, she was trailed by a mist. I actually checked to see if she had walked in through the front door with a lit joint in her hand. Something she'd never do, but maybe work was rough. Her hands were empty. The mist was about waist high, moved without shifting and billowing like smoke would. It followed her for about four paces, then reversed and sort of faded out near the front door. She noticed nothing. I say nothing, don't really react, but internally I'm alarmed to say the least. Lionel was hungry in his last years and would tail us and harass us for food constantly, but he especially loved meeting us from the front door as soon as we got home. Even if I was already home and fed him, his thing was manipulating her to double dip his wet food. I see the weird mist a few times throughout the month, out of the corner of my eyes, and once more head on, floating over the lip of the bathtub, like Lionel used to prowl to dip his paws into our bathwater. I finally mention it to Amanda, and she's excited to reveal she's seeing unexplained apparitions too. She's felt him too, brushing against her leg. Ooh boy. Hey, maybe this is mass delusion caused by stress, I hope to myself. It's Father's Day, Sunday. Nana enters the coma. It's Wednesday. Nana has been in the active dying stages for three days now. Amanda is home alone. I'm at work. She's burning sage in the house and is standing in our bedroom, which is directly beneath Nana's hospice room, and repeating, let go, for five minutes. She hears a clear, Amanda. She comes out of the bedroom expecting to see her mom, who'd been staying in the room next to our apartment while her mom was getting sicker. She wasn't in our home or the room next door. Later, she recounts the story to her mom, who tells us that during the time that happened, she was upstairs, cutting flowers in the kitchen, when she heard a clear, quiet, Cindy. No one else was upstairs except her dying mother and sleeping father. It's at this point I'll reveal Amanda's grandfather is a professor and a for-real-ass parapsychologist, 
and Nana herself was a bit of an experienced astral traveler. I've fallen down a woo rabbit hole myself and I'm dabbling in the gateway tapes myself. It's Saturday night. I'm in bed listening to a Focus 10 tape prolly. It's actually a much more violent attempt than I'd had in a while. I got to the infamous golden light and vibrational stage. I don't expect to astral project or anything, but maybe I was desperately trying to receive a message. I'm interrupted by the unmistakable feeling of a cat crawling on my chest. I look down fully expecting to see our living cuddly cat embers on my chest. She's by Amanda's feet. That's the end of that session. Message received. Stop. It's Sunday morning. Nana's gone. That's pretty much it. We've both felt the cat jump on the bed a few times since then, only to wake up and see no cats. I've heard the disembodied thunk of a cat landing on a wood floor when cats were asleep in my eye line. No more mist, but you better believe I'm actively watching for it now. But I think the moment has passed. That particular door is shut again. The veil is whole. And that is their story. That's all for this episode of the Real Paranormal Stories podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review anywhere this podcast can be found. 